we get to clips of the week, just because this popped into my head, and I don't want to pop out before I say it. So we're talking about how the school board of San Francisco unanimously voted to rename 44 schools uh, and taking down names like Washington, Lincoln, Jefferson, um, and Roosevelt. Re- doesn't matter which one. And it reminded me of what James Lindsay said, and he said this nine months ago, sometime last year, and he was absolutely right. He said we need to force these people to draw a line. Because that way, you'll have some stopping place. If we don't make people draw a line, it's just going to keep going forever. What do you mean by draw a line? If we had gotten people to say a year ago, and I think you could have, gotten like Gavin Newsom or somebody to say, no, 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 we're never going to take George Washington's name off of a school. Right, that's too far. That'd be too far. You You get powerful people to say, no, here's the line. And maybe you can arrest this at some point. But if we don't draw any line, if we don't hold anybody accountable at any point on this, okay, where's the line? How far are we going on this? It's just going to keep creeping. Maybe a good place to start right now would be, okay, are you going to take Martin Luther King Jr. down? Or are there going to be no longer any MLK Jr. boulevards? Are you going to take those signs down? Right. Or would that be too much? Would that be too much? Oh, no, that, that would obviously be too much. Okay. We'll see what happens a year from now. Well, Jack, you have an actual weasel in your yard. Maybe you can practice on that weasel. Try to get it to make a definitive statement. (laughs) <laughs> then you can move on to the politicians. But that would work. We should have started a long time ago. It might work. Although, I don't know. I'm, you know, I could easily say, see them saying, no, it would be a tool. It would absolutely be a tool. But they'd say, well, we reconsidered it. And considering the historical record, uh, there's no way you can blah, blah, blah. What are you going to do? Say, in light of new revelations about George Washington? <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, because they're liars. And they're ideologues. And they're, they're, they're scary. Now, people that are advocating doing a numbered system for schools like they do in New York, I think that's almost worse than renaming them. That's just, that's, that, that, that is. <laughs> it is removing our history, which is precisely the goal of the Marxists. Well, that's just admitting defeat. That's just saying we can't have any names on anything because. Let's hear them out on that. Because of the way we are. <laughs> Nothing will be named anything. <laughs> that's a pretty weird society. Yeah, yeah, it is. So I don't know if you've heard about this COVID thing. <sighs> there is some COVID news today. Uh, some of it great, some of it not so great. Shall we begin with, uh, what are you pointing at there, Sean? I forgot. Cow? Oh, my God. I always forget. It's, it's my favorite. I think you don't like it. No, it's, it's the opposite. Deep down. The usurper. I resent it. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like none of the clips related. It's just a modge podge. It's all non sequiturs. I was in love with a girl in high school. I loved her with every fiber of me, and she's married now. She's married to Clips of the Week. A luxury you can't live without. Larry, I'm on DuckTales. I think there was a great deal of evidence of uh, fraud and changing of the election laws illegally, and I think a thorough investigation is warranted. Senator Paul, thanks for your time this morning. Bows to no one. Stay home if you want to. It's good if you stay home, but you should go out. But you should support local businesses, but safely at home unless you want to go. They complain their children are suicidal without school or sports. I find these statements ignorant and another expression of white privilege. Let's just end broadcasting legend Tom Brogan is retired. Oh, crap. Not like that. Mr. Delay, how should we celebrate the life of a beloved 18th century poet? Space haggis? 
Uh, we can open up schools safely, and they will not be sources of, of infection for people uh, who are there, adults or kids. So we clearly can do it. And uh, saga of the markets right now, and that is the story of GameStop. The reason why GameStop happened, Scott, was not, again, because of a fundamental disagreement about valuation. It was because of portfolio construction arbitrage. If you want to go and address the solution, fix the precondition. Fix the ability for these stocks to be so massively shorted in the first place. Ghostbusters Twinkies with a blue cream filling. So who are you going to call? A doctor! <laughs> the bad news is it still has to reach the back of your throat. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. The setup to that punchline mercifully left off clips of the week. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah. This yeah. this just across. Sick. Sick. Larry King. The great Larry King. The late, great Larry King. We play, Larry King died this weekend. Uh, the, the clip we played of him interviewing Jerry Seinfeld still pops into my head now and then. It was so funny. So you left on your own. You weren't canceled. What, Larry? <laughs> we were the number one show in America. Yeah. No, yeah. we weren't canceled. <laughs> you canceled them. They didn't cancel you, right? <laughs> we That's also funny. could really rerun that the the full clip of the guy explaining life under COVID restrictions about now go out, but carefully at home. Stay at home unless you want to go out and support. We ought to play that again. Yeah, that, the is, end of the that is good. Yeah, That's a good idea. Um, this just across, I don't know this person, how big a deal he is. Outspoken short seller Andrew Left says his firm will drop the practice. That's the second firm I think I've seen do that. Hmm. Ah, wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. I'm reminded of something I wanted to bring up hours ago, and that's General Motors' announcement that they will move to an entirely carbon-neutral electric fleet, or whatever it was, by 2035. By June. 14 years from now, no gas engines from GM anymore. Seems to be clearly a maneuver to take the steam out of any hardcore Democratic regulation coming out of the White House. That was my first assumption. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way. Please. What? What? Uh, Sean, uh, can you Google or don't Google? Search. Google is evil. Um, search percentage of GM cars that are electric. I suspect very strongly it's less than 1%. That they make or sell. Ah. That's a different nah. thing. A lot of the cars that the, the big companies make, they only make them to satisfy the fuel requirements. The government makes them have an average fleet uh, miles per gallon number. Right. And they, so they got to make some cars that get 45 miles a gallon. They don't sell many of them. They hardly sell any of them. Right. Or, but it allows them to sell the big giant uh, Denali Yukon truck or whatever. Right. Or if they have 10 models and one of them is electric, they say, we're already at 10% electric cars. Yeah. Well, by uh, So sloppy numbers here. Tesla, GM, and Nissan account for 62% of the little over 1 million electric vehicles sold. Um, I don't know how to break it down in okay, between so it's them. A, but... It's a tiny number, though. Yeah. Uh, Especially for GM, because they have the Leaf, right? The that's Chevy a Nissan. Le- oh, that's that Chevy's uh, got the Volt. There you go. Um, uh, I don't see a lot of those. <laughs> um, and 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 in Kelly Unicornia, it's the only place you would. Yeah, and if so you don't see a lot of them around here, you're not seeing certainly not seeing a lot of them in Texas. So they're going to go from practically none to 100 percent in the next 14 years, and, and if- all that power is going to come from the windmills. And if the government doesn't make Ford do the same thing, 
all the people are going to be buying Ford trucks. Well, they'll just burn the gas to power the electricity factories that the cars plug into. Exactly, yeah. 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 They'll have a gigantic generator at the end of your town, <laughs> size of a factory. Uh, what was the other a similar topic I was thinking about? Uh, oh, it was uh, Judy happened. She's on a road trip, as I mentioned, and she, and it's been windy as hell in the western part of the country, actually all over the country. And uh, she and her bud were rolling by the cars getting buffeted by the wind and everything. And they go by a ginormous Southern California windmill farm thing. And, and they're all idle. They're just all sitting there. Um, they weren't twirling. And I was reading the other day that uh, Cal Unicornia, where realism goes to die, um, has something like one seven hundred and forty thousandth of the storage capacity they would need to have power when, for instance, it's dark out, which, according to some scientists, happens every night. So, there, I mean, it's... <laughs> Look it up. I, I, and, and meanwhile, night after night? Meanwhile, you have the populace of Cal Unicornia and, and the political leaders saying, oh, no, 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 no. We will use phoenix feathers, unicorn farts, <laughs> and the fur of the Yeti to power <laughs> California. <laughs> And people say, yeah, yeah, that's good, because I care about the environment. I vote for you. Yeah. And then there's no freaking power when it's dark out. The fur of the Yeti. And dilithium crystals. <laughs> exactly. I need more power. Oh, God. It's enough to make you insane. Uh, you don't need insanity, though, on top of the COVID. And we have some pretty significant COVID updates. Uh, new vaccines, some of them good, some of them not so good. Cuomo's an e- even worse governor than you thought he was. Uh, all I think he's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, well, stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. First week in office, President Biden signed 22 executive orders, which explains the sling. Should have paced myself. Does he have a sling? No, he was just making a joke that he signed so much that his arm oh. hurt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we got this text. <laughs> we got this text. Uh, last night I had an early dinner. Uh, not that it matters. <laughs> That's a hilarious text. <laughs> Why? Yeah, that, that is some dry humor uh, right there. And we, uh, you know, we had an early dinner, but it didn't matter. Uh, I shouldn't have been there. You I brought it up. Yeah, you <laughs> brought up how it was an early dinner. No, what? I tell you it doesn't matter. What a funny text. Yeah, it's funny that a guy like that would, uh, you know, uh, practically not pay taxes on millions of dollars of houses he's bought and sold and be able to manipulate the stuff so that he wins like crazy and gets crazy rich and... Hard to believe a guy that dopey could get over like that. Uh, We're all human. We all fall short sometimes. Yeah, that's a good point. Nobody likes you. All is forgiven. So, a couple quick headlines on your uh, vaccines. More vaccines being approved. That seems like good news. More vaccines means there's more options, means more of them will be out there and available, and more of us will get vaccinated. Give me the J&J one dose. Talk to me. Well, starting with Novavax, they reported that their vaccine works well, except on the variant first found in South Africa. More on that in a second. Johnson & Johnson announced that its one-dose vaccine, which could be a game-changer, provided strong protection against COVID-19, but less effective against the new variant. So those are both Mm. a little disappointing to hear. Back to the Novavax. 
Um, it's 89.3% effective in the latest trial. Fauci came out yesterday and said anything less than 90%, you should probably seek out the better alternative. So they're right on, they're right there at 90%. Um, because there are several out there, you know, the big ones that they're going around the country right now are what, 94 and 95, which is about as effective as you can get as a vaccine. You have to realize that that's pretty much the upper limit of what anybody's ever been able to pull off. But however, this Novavax is 90% effective against the virus that changed the world for the last year is only 50% effective uh, on the South African variant, which, like Dr. Gottlieb believes, the South African, the British, the other strains are going to overtake by March the variant we've been dealing with for the last however many months. That's what we're going to be talking about when we talk about COVID here pretty soon. We'll be talking about the British variant and the South African variant. Oh, yeah. Uh, the South African variant has been uh, found in two cases in South Carolina. These people didn't travel. It's clearly in the community. Here it comes. Ready or not, here it comes. So that is disappointing. I will point out the Novavax thing, One, the, and you will not hear this from the media because they're bad at their jobs, it did prevent severe cases. Even when people got the vid, I think they had no severe cases among the vaccinated group. So I tell you what, if it's between that and nothing, I'll sure. take it. But it's definitely less attractive than uh, the Moderna. And what's the other big one? The uh, uh, I can never remember the name Pfizer? of the other company. Is it the Pfizer one? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, yeah, Pfizer. Pfizer. How could I forget that? Um, as you pointed out earlier, though, acting like these are the last of the variants would be silly. Oh, no, of course not. Yeah. Got your Brit, you got your South African, you allegedly have your California. Wait two weeks, folks. We'll be talking about a new one. Well, certainly by the summer we will be. Several more. And all of a sudden it won't be racist and xenophobic to refer to where it came from. That's funny, isn't it? (laughs) Johnson & Johnson has got its one-dose version. You don't have to go back three weeks later and get another one. They said their experimental COVID-19 vaccine is 66% effective at protecting people from moderate to severe disease. In a large clinical trial. Wow. So you even have a third chance of moderate and severe disease. That's not good. J&J, that is not good. Yeah. That's weak. I mean, that is that is better than nothing, but where's the other one? Why am I getting this one? One potentially troubling sign with the Johnson & Johnson one-dose version is it varies among regions of the study. It was 72% effective in the United States, 66% effective in Latin America, but only 57% effective in South America, probably because they got the South American variant, and this was not what it was South designed America for. or South Africa? Oh, I'm sorry, South Africa. Yeah. In South Africa, but that's probably because it was being used on the South African variant and not what it was designed for. But that, right. you know, oh, the, the, you know, yeah. it's, oh, it's, boy. it is troubling. And then I saw another thing in a different article that they're still not certain if people that get the vaccine can carry and spread the virus right they still don't know that for sure right yeah so i understand yeah why that be something would that that render the vaccine practically useless except for your own health but in terms of uh, of course we all had it and we all had our own health protected it wouldn't make any difference if somebody was spreading it right and and indeed it might protect you against severe cases which is fine i'll have the sniffles i'll lose my sense of taste maybe i'd drop a couple of pounds um, just please don't kill me. Maybe maybe I'll or, drop a couple of pounds. Or or, or or please don't give me the 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 uh, neurological problems. Oh, oh what a nightmare! 
Oh, my That's gosh. scary. You folks who've had to deal with that, uh, I, mean, I wish we could give you more than our sympathy. But So uh, two stories from uh, awful soul-crushing governments, uh, Beijing and New York. <laughs> uh, China and, and some of the talking heads in the media, listen, they're pretty, they have perky boobs, square jaws, white teeth. You have to listen to them, but they don't know shit. <laughs> Shickle Gruber about Shickle Gruber. Shaving cream. Um, China, on the other hand, has had only 5,000 deaths, they will tell you, uh, yeah. with their uh, right. perky breasts and their white teeth. With no context whatsoever. Right. Right. Well, a couple of things. Number one, China lies like crazy. Secondly, they're willing to crush human rights to stamp out the disease. China is asshole! In short, yes, thank you, sir. Uh, Our spy satellites have come across an enormous construction project, 4,000 rooms thrown up in northern China as a quarantine prison camp, essentially. If you get the vid, they threw up 4,000 rooms in 10 days. Meanwhile, Los Angeles... Let me shake some of those walls a little bit. Let's, uh, well, let's figure out what's going on here. Uh, let's not get all picky here. Meanwhile, L.A. spends $230,000 on a garden shed for bums. <laughs> uh, so China throwing up concentration camps for the ill. If you get COVID, they put you in a concentration camp. More or less. Yes, you can, or they weld your door shut. You can control the virus if you're willing to do that. Hey, although these little cells they put you in come with TVs and Wi-Fi. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What we're going to get to, I wanted to get to this because I said uh, we would. It turns out Cuomo of uh, New York, the governor, the half-wit governor, not to be confused with the half-wit running California, uh, he, in one of the great acts of stupidity and hubris I've ever witnessed in any realm of human activity, wrote a book about what a great job he did running the COVID response, even as his state had the highest per capita COVID death or virtually in the country. That's amazing. And he forced the nursing homes, famously, to take COVID-positive patients, which killed thousands and thousands of oldsters. Oh, what a terrible story. Turns out, according to the Democrat Attorney General of New York, it's likely that Cuomo and the state undercounted the number of nursing home dead by 50%. And this is getting some coverage, but not blockbuster coverage. If this were Florida or Texas... Oh, my God, yeah. Good point. Yeah. So what happened was if some poor old person was dying of COVID and left the front door of the nursing home and got to the hospital, that was a hospital COVID death and not a nursing home COVID death. They caught it there. They sickened there. They were on death's door, but they got him out the front door. Woo! Nick of time. Still got a pulse. They weren't counted as dying from Cuomo's policy, or at least partly from his policy. And the attorney general now, this is not some newspaper columnist, this is the AG of New York, said, yeah, and it seems awfully odd how many nursing homes had the same policy at the same time in the same way. It's almost as if they were told to. So that story is uh, not done being told. 
Neither is the GameStop story, which continues to roll on today, and the stock is up, and who knows what the next play is on both sides. Um, and as we've been mentioning throughout the show, he says... Oh, his soul tried to escape there, according to Middle Ages physicians, who I trust. Coronavirus! Thank you, Cardi B. It's either that or his soul. Oh, got one more coming. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, coronavirus! The spray, the molecules, they're everywhere. Oh, God. Where's my mask? Where's my mask? Safety. <laughs> the safety of Joe's mask. It is interesting. He's got a swaddling mask. It makes him feel very secure. (laughs) It's an old saying that politics makes strange bedfellows. And you had the best example I've seen in a long time of that with AOC tweeting about how awful it was that Robin Hood wouldn't let people continue to buy stock and stick it to the hedge fund managers. And then Ted Cruz saying, I agree. And then Elizabeth Warren saying something and Rush Limbaugh agreeing with her. (laughs) What? That's some wild stuff. You couldn't get those four to agree on apple pie or, or baby ducklings. Got this headline in the New York Times today from Tom Friedman, who wrote, Made in the USA, Socialism for the Rich, Capitalism for the Rest. Um, talking about this Wall Street stuff. And we mentioned yesterday the old phrase that goes back to 2008 on how the game is set up to where they get to socialize their losses. That is spread it out among the rest of us if the, if the big guys lose money. If they make a crazy bet and lose money, they get to spread it out among all of us. Right. If they make a crazy bet and make money, they get to keep it all. <laughs> Privatized profit, socialized loss, good policy. Anyway, we came across Charles Payne, who is just a fantastic uh, business analyst, and you see him on Fox a lot, uh, describing what happened, what's going on, what it means, all that sort of stuff. And here's why you ought to be rooting for the uh, the scrubs, the uh, the Reddit guys, we're trying to drive up the stock to screw the uh, the hedge funds. It's not just that people don't like hedge funds. It's because of this. Now, market purists and, 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 you know, these rich hedge funds folks always say, hey, shorting is good. It helps liquidity. It keeps the market running. It's a pretty good thing. What's not a good thing is if you issued, Brett, if you issued 10 shares and, and Brett Bear Incorporated, and somebody saw that it was worth $100 and thought, maybe I can drive this to a buck. It's a great company. So and somehow they were able to borrow 20 shares. Now, you only issue 10, but somehow they can borrow 20 and sell it and keep selling it and pound it and pound it and pound it and pound it into submission. And along the way, all the investors who believe in Breadbear Incorporated also lose their shirt. And this is what's happening. Uh, go on with, with Charles Payne. This is not about trading. This is about uh, a cottage industry of very wealthy billionaires who have been able to pound stocks into complete submission. It's not about a trade. It's not about them thinking something is oversold. It's about them thinking that a stock is hopeless, that there's no brokerage firms covering it, or that most brokerage firms have a hold rating on it, maybe a sell rating. No one's going to come to its defense. They're not looking for a trade. They're looking for total submission. So all of a sudden, you get a bunch of young investors, mostly novice investors, excited, and and they start to notice, hey, if you buy these stocks up, sometimes they get squeezed. So the person that's shorted your stock at 10 may have to buy it at 12. May have to buy it at 14. They start getting a little nervous, and on and on and on. This is what we call a classic short squeeze. It's the ultimate short squeeze. And in the scrubs we're talking about, the Reddit guys, using precisely the same tools that the super heavyweights do. 
in the same way. But all of a sudden, it's wildly out of bounds. So we had a little discussion yesterday about a short selling and um, uh, some of the arguments for why it should exist. And then I've heard plenty of arguments on why it shouldn't exist also. Is there a consensus on that among free market people on whether or not it's a necessary thing? Or is it just like is it just a tool for making money that can be used for bad? I, Does it need to exist for the for, for for companies to stay strong and grow and the market to be? The the conventional wisdom that I've been taking in for a long time is yeah they do have a a, a solid function a positive function I'm I'm finding myself doubting whether I was being given good information or just you know bunk I, I feel like it is a good lever that needs to exist for certain things, but uh, these hedge funds that overshort companies to the point of where there's more shares shorted than exist. Intentionally. It, by, yeah. But yeah, yeah, by design, yeah. it, it is, it is it becomes problematic and needs to be uh, fixed. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, too, am interested in hearing other people discuss it who understand it better than me. Is it actually a necessary thing? Am I, am I just right. being spoon-fed? Because, because, as we mentioned, a couple of firms have now said they're not going to do that anymore. Right. I want to hear 32, Charles Payne again. Then let's play that Robin Hood commercial from a few weeks ago. It's just so good. Now what compounds the error, the problem, in addition to these hedge funds already being able to borrow unlimited amounts of stock and artificially sell it, right? This is not a real market. They are making a market to the downside. Now on top of this, today you have all of these platforms, including Robin Hood, and I say shame on them, who have stopped these same investors from buying the stock. So guess what? They can only sell it. Okay, they can sell it, the shorts can sell it, of course it's going to go down. It's really a a serious injustice, and if something's going to be done, something should be done on the ability to to get 140% of a company's float, uh, which obviously doesn't exist, and sell it into the market. I think you start there. Go ahead with 34. I don't think that these platforms did this for the little guy. I really believe they circled the wagons to help the hedge funds who control Wall Street, who, by the way, buy the order flow from Robinhood. So they didn't do this to save the little guy. You don't, you don't seduce people into trading by giving them free stock and these commercials and talking about the beauty of investing. And then when you have the biggest folks on Wall Street right there ready to crack, pull a rug out from under those same people you seduce yeah. into the market. It's a shame. It really is. Love Charles Payne. Love him. It is a shame, and it could be a uh, a policy changing thing that happened yesterday that they had that Robin Hood and other companies let you wouldn't let you buy anymore because it was I mean it was going so fast so hard and to give a day breather a day break uh, made it might have made a huge difference. So. Robinhood, which is sitting in the same Bentley, the same Rolls Royce with with the hedge fund guys. They're totally in cahoots. Let's hear their recent commercial. Remember when greed was good? When you had to look the part? When you had to pay for a seat at the table? We set out to change it, the way the system works. To put the power in everyone's hands. To make it feel, speak, sound, and look just like you. We all invest every day in ourselves, our communities, our future. We are all investors. Yay! So their whole their whole vibe was, we're the little guy 
getting a seat at the table finally. Right. We're going to show those big guys. We're the people. Yay. And the moment, Suckers. The moment that actually happens, yoink. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And then we mentioned this. Google salvaged Robin Hood's one-star rating by deleting 100,000 negative reviews yesterday. Because everybody turned on Robin Hood. Like we said, everybody from Ted Cruz to AOC turned on Robin Hood yesterday. Wow, it's as if Google is a giant, dangerous, evil corporation. It is like In fact, it's exactly like that. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I'd say. <sighs> I hope this ends up with some tangible change to it and doesn't just wind up being somehow Robin Hood takes the fall for everyone. And Robin Hood is no longer a company. But, you know, the, right. the, the funds sure. are still able to overly mm-hmm. short, Lots, et cetera, et cetera. All this dodging the, yeah. the business. A lot of that happened in 2008. You had to have somebody to be mad at. and Put the goat's horns on somebody and say, yeah, that's the guy who caused all the problems right there. Let's get him. Please. I think that uh, what you just spelled out is a pretty likely oh, yeah. result. Yeah. And the drive-by media will say, yes, justice has been done. Robin, Robin Hood, Hood has is, gone, gone out of business. And they're going out of business will be changing their name but staying in business. Yes. <laughs> They'll just get absol- absorbed into one of the hedge funds yeah. that they were already a part of. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they are not in cahoots with the heavyweights of Wall Street. They are the heavyweights of Wall Street. That is probably... They're a different shop front. You heard that prediction here. Yeah. And it may play out like in the next nine days or something. Well, the truly interesting thing, if you take the long view about all this, is the energy that's calling uh, BS on the super powerful and and jacking with them and and, and getting elections won and Brexit and the rest of it. Often revolutions end up making things worse. Oh, yeah. Witness the Arab Spring. You overthrew the evil dictator and descended into chaos and murder or a worse dictator or whatever. You just don't know. History's funny that way. Yeah. Yeah, but you know the the riots and labor unions, the early twentieth century and stuff like that. That that ended up being a good thing, no doubt oh, yeah. about it. You yeah, know? I'm not arguing against it. I'm just saying, yeah, it's... it can turn out good, right. but it also can turn out terrible. Right? <laughs> the revolution doesn't always go well. Pandora's got a box, you know. You see, that's the whole story. <laughs> there, yeah, open it. Go, you open it. <laughs> We're gonna finish strong. Armstrong and Getty. If you have found the various rules about the COVID confusing, restaurants are open or not, playgrounds or whatever, Uh Uh, you're not alone. This guy can explain it to you. Stay home if you want to. It's good if you stay home, but you should go out, but you should support local businesses, but safely at home unless you want to go. And if you go to the mall, don't, but you can, but you shouldn't, but you won't. But if you work at the mall, go there. It's open. You're still in business, but no one's there because they should stay at home because they're here. They're staying and they're out. And if you're out, go home. But if you're here, wear a mask when you're out, but don't go out. Stay inside. There's parking tickets now. Move your car because the street's sweeping. But you shouldn't be on the streets because you're at home if you want to. And restaurants are closed, but you can't go to them. But you should stay inside. But go out. <laughs> that reminds me of early on when they were offering free parking so more people would go out to eat at restaurants. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To support your local restaurant. People are afraid to go out. You need to go. Free parking. You need to yeah. go out. Here's one thing. You, you want to do something to help? 
go out to eat. Right. That was a big thing for a while. We're even offering free parking. Yeah. Ironic. What a... I was just gonna. Do you know exactly when King Kong comes out? King Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, I think in a couple of weeks. Okay, oh. if you can look that up. Yeah, yeah right. I'll have that for the re- end of the show. For the children listening, for those who can't take in adult uh, mm-hmm. entertainment. My boys, Child? my boys are more excited about this than Christmas. Oh, it's a uh, <laughs> couple months into March. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just pretending to be sophisticated. I want to see the monkey lizard movie. <laughs> Kong bows to no one. Oh, right. I'd forgotten. <laughs> My son asked this question. This is funny from the trailer. <laughs> it's a pretty good question from a nine-year-old. But if you've seen the trailer, at some point, Godzilla comes out of the water and everything like that. And the woman turns to somebody and says, it's Godzilla. And and my son said, why wouldn't you react like, why would you just say it's Godzilla? Like, it's the postman. It's the, <laughs> It's Jim. I mean, right. You don't seem to be that astounded. If Godzilla came out of the ocean, I wouldn't just turn to Joe and say, it's Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> how, how big is the lizard? It's like hundreds of feet long, right? Or tall. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. significantly bigger than King Kong. Yeah, tail of the tape. Uh, it's, it's not really close between the two. Uh, King Kong, again, the last time we saw Kong in this monster universe was Kong Skull Island. Uh, this was uh, oh, the, the movie was set God back in the sake. almost done. No, where's, where's the positive Sean Gong? We put it away too. It was said in the seventies. They said he wasn't done growing. Tell you what, a crocodile the size of a seven forty seven comes out of the water. I'm not going to say it's Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> so these thoroughly screwed up state of American schools, whether they're changing the names or keeping them closed uh, because the teachers' union goons won't let them open, have been a Big topic uh, lately on the show. We've gotten a lot of emails on it. Uh, Al Anonymous here, who is faggoty, friend of Armstrong and Getty, over 10 years. Not sure if this has already been said, but if a school district drops the president's names for their schools, then no more President's Day holiday. No overtime, no nothing. Regular oh, workday, end of discussion. Like that one. Yeah, try to wiggle off the hook then. How about this one? Pat in the hood. Um, oh, this is a, kind of a different topic, but... Any study how productive we are working at home will have to be redone when schools are open. We're taking kids to and fro, etc. That's true. It will change productivity. It might increase it, though, if you're trying to educate your kid at school. Uh, let's see. I've worked at home since 08. I'm considerably more productive than I was before pandemic. Interesting. I have three kids that returned to school in August. have been healthier this year than any previous year. Two of my kids would have missed at least several days because of the diseases. So glad I moved out of California. We've been in school since August. Uh, that's uh, Brian now in Wyoming. More of those. My kids have been in school for months. What are you guys talking about? I know. Really? I know. Yep. I know. Depends how strong hey the kids, are. Hey, kids. It's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Well, I'm pretty sure this stat is right. A third of kids have not been in school since last March. Yeah. Nationwide. Yep. And plenty are and are doing fine. All the data, the CDC will tell you. International data will tell you the same thing. Ought to be in school. All right, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the week. He's our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael? Yeah, my uh, final thought is a question for Jack, actually. How old do you think your sons will be when they see their first R-rated movie? Have you thought about that? I was 14, I think, my dad let me watch Animal House. So, I don't know. 
It's coming soon, I guess, for Sam. Yeah, it depends on the R-rated movie, really. Yeah, they vary a lot. Yeah, yeah. Positive Sean, our producer, final thought? Oh, I'm just so exhausted from dismantling hedge funds this week. It's really, it's tiring work. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I need this weekend. I'm, I'm looking forward to the markets being closed. I can exhale a little bit. Uh, Jack, a final <laughs> thought? Because some R-rated movies are horrifying violence. Some of them are just, there are boobies in it. They said the F word twice. Big deal. What's that about the boobies? Um, I'm always worried. This is a weird behind-the-scenes glimpse at doing this show. I'm always worried that things won't happen next week and we won't have anything to talk about. When was the last time that happened? <laughs> Never. It's a, an odd concern. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my final thought is also stress-related. My wife is on a road trip with a friend, and uh, I have great wife privilege. Sh- she runs a certain part of the operation so I can run this one. And it's so great and so good. Now she's out of town and I'm having to figure out, all right, I got to deposit these checks. What bank are we with again? What do you, what do you, can you do that in ATM these days? Yeah, Joe, for the last 25 years. Oh, really? I'll be danged. Arms probably good for me. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Don't forget the checks. Don't forget the checks. So many people thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com for a lot of great clicks under hot links. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We have some good swag. Helps pay the guys. Oh, we'd love to hear from you. I'm going to assume that things will happen again next week, and we'll talk about them starting Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Valeria, oh, and from Mac Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! Yeah! <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.